Steelers yesterday no other way to describe this other than an absolute thrashing we took last week off from predictions but you know I can speak for both of us we 100% would have predicted this to exactly happen so I hope your Thanksgiving was good welcome back how you doing doing fantastic uh it's kind of hard not to be doing good after after what we witnessed yesterday it was an absolute beat down in every phase of the game um Bengals take that opening drive right down the field um I I don't know exactly where you want to start so um I guess we can just start right off the shoot with I guess the thing that got the Bengals started and kept them going through the whole day and that is both last week and now this week we are seeing Joe Mixon emerge as the running back the Bengals are paying him to be. Yeah. You, you, when the Bengals paid him 12 mil a year, was it two, two off seasons ago? Yeah, I think so. We were both, we were both saying, yeah, I mean, that's his value, I would say, but he hasn't truly played up to that yet because he's been, he was injured last year. <clears throat> the last successful year he had was the year he led the AFC in rushing yards but, but the Bengals were bad that year, so it really didn't matter anyway. Um, but, I mean, you can see O-lines playing better, especially in the run game. I'm talking our O-line was road grading the Steelers' D-line. It There was three, four yards of, of push. It seemed like every running play. It was unbelievable to see. And not only that, the Steelers were healthy um, on their D-line, which is really exciting to see. Um, I want to get into the O-line a little bit later too, uh, our O-line, but yeah, Joe Mixon, uh, he was asked after the game, um, you know, if he's ever played this well in his life. And, 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 uh, he said he thought he was entering his prime right now. That's, that's the way he felt. So, uh, and he's only 25. So, oh, it's ridiculous. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about the chargers later on in this episode, but just a little teaser for you. So yesterday, Pittsburgh ranks as the – see if I can find them on my chart here. They are 16th against the run going into yesterday in DVOA. The L.A. Chargers are dead last in the NFL in rush defense DVOA. So a little preview for next weekend for what we could be seeing, uh, and they're dead last by a war- wide margin. But that's a little later in the episode – there was there were several times yesterday, and we can kind of mesh this conversation with the O line, where, like you said, the Bengals just blew 
Pittsburgh off the ball. And one play in particular, I remember, I think it was maybe the third and one. Um, maybe this was in the second quarter. I don't remember exactly when, because there were so many instances of it, but Akeem Adeniji fires off the ball from his right guard spot and absolutely drops Cam Hayward. And Joe Mixon just runs right off of Adeniji's right hip for three yards and they pick up the first down. And there were several instances of that yesterday. And it doesn't have to be specifically Adeniji, but the entire offensive line yesterday was just mauling people. Yeah, I think so. Akeem Adeniji, I want to talk about him. I know we talked about before the year, we thought that four of the five offensive line positions were kind of solidified. Um, you had William or Jonah Williams at left tackle. You had Quentin Spain at left guard. You had Trey Hopkins, who got rolled up on on uh, on Sunday at center. weren't really sure about right guard, and then right tackle was Riley Reef. Akima Deniji is coming into his own the last two weeks at right guard. And I know we talked about before. I don't really care who plays well at right guard. I don't care if it's you. I don't care if it's me. As long as somebody's playing well at right guard, it could be a Deniji. It could be Jackson Carmen. I don't really care, but Adenogy's really, really coming on. And I don't think we expected him to, to, to really even be in consideration to play right guard this year. No. And, and when you look at his measurements, he, he's six foot five, which you think for a guard, maybe you expect like a six, three type guy, whatever. Well, yeah. And also not to cut you off, but he played swing tackle last year when he was yeah. healthy. He didn't even play guard. Yeah. He, he did not make a single start at guard until last year and just as you said he came in and he started that uh did he start against the browns he did that was his first game yeah first start against the browns which i mean it's okay but the browns defensive line is 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 a tough defensive line to play in your first game and then last week against the raiders he was rock solid and then yesterday he was moving people he had one i think he had one pressure allowed yesterday might have had zero um you know, we, we sat here for the early part of the season bemoaning whether or not right guard would be the detriment of this Bengals offense. And not only has it not been a detriment, you could argue, especially looking ahead to these next couple of teams that they play, it's going to be a strength against these teams later on in the season because right now this offensive line is just leaning on people. And yesterday, both Jonah Williams and Quentin Spain were just unbelievable on that left side. I can't count how many times yesterday we ran wide zone off Jonah Williams and it was six, seven yards every single time. Yeah, Alex Highsmith, the outside linebacker for the Steelers was getting road graded. Um, the Bengals ran a lot of that outside zone you were talking about. Um, they ran away from TJ Watt a lot, which absolutely makes sense. TJ Watt was on the right side. So Riley Reef was tasked with him a lot. And Riley uh, Reef, well, we'll talk about this in a second with yeah. the line play, but continue to your point. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, um, I was kind of getting into that. Riley Reef did a great job on TJ Watt. He had no, did he have one QB hit? I, I mean, if you want to, I mean, technically he had no QB hits, but if you want to talk about the, uh, the after the interception, monstrosity that he called clean which was ridiculous yeah um, that was his only real hit on joe burrow all day so riley reef did a great job i think jenny williams did a great job and every time that you a running back gets how many 
How many, how many carries did Joe Mixon have? 20, 28? Joe Mixon had 28 carries for 165. Yeah. At, at, at anytime you average 5.9 yards per carry on 28 carries, the O-line is doing something well. Yeah. And to your point about pass protection, watching the Ravens last night, I see similar things, but the Bengals yesterday, and I get Pittsburgh's secondary leaves a lot to be desired, especially without Joe Hayden. And this James Pierre guy, if I was a Steelers fan, I would want him gone Dang. yesterday. He stinks. He, you know, he, he gives me, he gave me like, I don't even know vibes, like Tony Brown, you know, he, practice squad guy vibes. He is really bad. But the Bengals were running these six, seven-man protection yesterday, and guys were just flying wide open. And if they can do that against – I get the Pittsburgh defense this season has not been up to their standard. If they can do that against any NFL defense, that is dangerous. And the point I made in reference to the Ravens is a lot of the Ravens stuff – is play action, Ricard in the backfield, seven-man protection, and two-man in the pattern. And the Bengals had a lot of six-man protections yesterday and just threw – Joe Burrow had one of his most efficient days of the season. Um, and so that was the point I wanted to make. And the second point, not only did Riley Reef do a great job, the Bengals had a great game plan for T.J. Watt, who can wreck any game plan. C.J. Uzama, tons of chips, sent his way – just a – Hats off for me to Zach Taylor. That was an amazing game plan he had yesterday to attack at Pittsburgh defense. Not only was it a great game plan, but usually in these AFC North battles that we've seen over the years, I mean, the Bengals, I, I would argue that the Bengals technically blew him out the first game. It was never close the whole game. Um, they went up by 14, you know, they went up. Yeah. It, there was, it was never in doubt. I would and say a blowout in the NFL is like more than 12 or 13 points. I agree. It's, it's at least a solid two possessions, I think. Yeah. Um, and I would say the first time they played it, it was, it was technically a blowout and I was expecting the Steelers, especially with what, with what Mike Tomlin was saying last week, like they're going to come out fighting. Um, and especially after what Tyler Boyd said the first time um, that the Steelers basically quit, I thought they were going to come out with a little bit of fire. And, and Zach Taylor kind of neutralized that with, I mean, an excellent first half of play calling. I mean, just amazing. Just step on their throats. That um, first that first drive of scripted plays was, was beautiful. Was because you knew, and maybe I think I would say like some of this game you have to realize yes, Pittsburgh officially you have to say they're not good, but. You also have to look at this game and say, the Bengals get the ball at their own 25, get the ball first, mix in for five, mix in for 25, mix in for three. Uh, offsides on Pittsburgh, mix in for seven, mix in for two, mix in for three, pass to Boyd for nine, mix in for six, mix in for three, Burrow scrambles it into the end zone for a touchdown. Not a single negative play on that first drive. And all they did was line up and tell Pittsburgh, we are going to run this ball right at you and you aren't going to stop them. Yeah. It kind of, so the first drive, I was getting nervous when they were getting closer to the, to the, uh, to the red zone, because it kind of gave me the start of the Browns game vibes. Yes. And yes. Three, it's exactly what I said. Yes. It, literally, it was giving me Browns games vibes because they're dominating. I mean, nope, no negative plays, no penalties. 
Uh, Joe Burrow was perfect. Uh, Joe Mixon was getting, you know, yards before he was even getting touched. And um, I was getting really nervous because I, I, I did not want to see a Burrow turnover because that's what killed the Browns game. I truly believe that. I truly believe if the Bengals would have scored first in that Browns game, that game would have gone differently without the pick six. Um, and it was awesome, awesome to see. It was basically a 12-month a anniversary of Burrow tearing his ACL this week. And to see him scramble for that end, I thought he was going out of bounds. I really did when he scrambled to the, uh, to the end zone. And it was awesome to see he has the confidence again to, to, to put his head down and get that extra, you know, yard and a half, two yards. I would have been absolutely okay if he would have slid there. And I think he would have too. But he put his head he, – he's just a competitor. He, just, he wants to win. He doesn't care about his knee. Um, it, 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 it's awesome to see that because we've seen the Bengals win before with Andy Dalton. But there's, there's just a difference. There is a, and I want to talk about this team kind of and where they stand uh, in a second once we sort of wrap up defense and tie up some loose ends on offense. But for that discussion in a couple of minutes, there is a <clears throat> edge. There's an edge that this team has that we haven't seen in the Bengals team. No. And the one other thing I want to point out and shift it over to defense. Uh, which, but first, uh, great day for T. Higgins yesterday. Um, marvelous play. And I have no problems with the Joe Burrow interception. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick made a great play on that. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, technically it came after a, a BS, I mean, to put it plain, a BS offensive pass interference call. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a pretty questionable call. But uh, overall, I mean, Joe Burrow ends up with a 92 grade from PFF yesterday. Highest graded QB of week 11, 96.2 uh, passer rating 76.5 QBR. That's pretty damn good. I mean, when, um, I mean, any time that I mean, well, let's be honest. Anytime you have an 83% pass completion rate, it, it, it's going to be a good day. And switching this conversation over to the defense, um, Bengals once again yesterday with a clean game in the, the terms of penalties. You didn't really see any coverage mix-ups. Pittsburgh made a couple of shot plays that they always will make just because the guys, I mean, Chase Claypool either runs a go route or a slant. He is overrated as all hell. Um, Bengals defense yesterday, two thumbs up. Great play by the defense yesterday. Yeah, no, I thought the defense played really, really well. I'm looking at the box score right here. And, I, and it's, it's kind of dangerous to look at box score because we know box score does not say everything. Um, but 15 carries for 51 yards for a 3.4 yards um, average for the Steelers, that tells me something. That tells me that the Bengals, D-line, and linebackers were moving yesterday because we've know, we know. I mean, we've watched the Steelers our whole lives. We know they do one thing and one thing really well almost every time, and that's run the ball. And Najee Harris is arguably, and I say this like legitimately, he could arguably, you could say he's arguably probably a top 10 running back, top 10, 12 running back, just the way he can catch the ball out of the backfield and run. I, I won't um, disagree with you. And, he, and, we, and we bottomed up for eight carries for 23 yards. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know, it's just, it's awesome to see, and let's, I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> Big Ben's bad. Uh, he's getting to the end. He, he's not very good. He is he's not, so bad. The only good player on their offense yesterday, and it was, it came in garbage time, but Deontay Johnson caught nine balls for 95 yards. He's always going to get his, he's too good not to get his, but I, 
the Bengals let him get his when they're up by 30. So you know what I mean? So it's different than usually watching these games when we'd watch Antonio Brown catch 14 balls for 200 yards. And, but it'd be when the Steelers are up by 14. It it was just a different vibe yesterday, just from the, from the get go. I thought Von Bell had a so-so game yesterday. He definitely missed a couple of tackles. The guy I came out of yesterday's game that I just get continually, he has gotten better this season. And that is Mr. Eli Apple. Um, He had the one play where Claypool beat him deep, but overall he was all over him yesterday. And yes, that pick was kind of thrown right to him, but Eli Apple, and especially looking forward to the Chargers next week and sort of what lies down the road, you know, Denver's got some great receivers, dare I say Kansas City, so on and so forth. He is going to have to start putting some more of these performances together, but I am now of the belief that he can most definitely do that. And um, he is, I'm not ready to call him a starting level NFL cornerback. I still think he's a, a third corner for most teams. He is playing exactly how the Bengals need him to play right now because of all of the talent they have at the other 10 positions on the field at once. They just need Eli Apple or whoever this other corner is just be average. Yeah. It, they, 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 they need to, they need this corner to play the boundary and just be average. They're not asking them to cover Tyree kill on the, on the wide side of the field. They're asking to cover the team's number two on the boundary side. It's not, it, it's really like, it, it's not that complicated. Um, it, and, and kind of watching the backups, I understand why Eli Apple's is technically the second corner. I would say Mike Hilton's the second best corner. I can see why Eli Apple's playing because Darius Phillips played bad yeah. in garbage time yesterday. Um, but yeah, I, I think Eli Apple's slowly improving. Yeah, he got beat on that deep shot to Chase Claypool, literally the play after, which was pretty ballsy by Pittsburgh. Literally, play after Ben through that pick, literally next play, 40 yeah. yard pass to Chase Claypool. And I was like, yeah, here we go again. Um, but I think he played, he's played pretty solid the last two weeks. And you know what the scary thing is about sort of this Bengals defense in, in all of this is that in the Bengals overall have been very lucky injury wise this year. And we're knocking on wood. Um, Trey Waynes, I think we might see Trey Waynes against San Francisco. It seems like he's sort of in that area where like maybe he plays this week, but I doubt we see him this week against Chargers. Uh, and if we don't see him against San Francisco, I doubt they put him out there against Denver altitude and all that. So I think San Francisco or Baltimore is when you see him first. But regardless of that, Vernon Hargrave still getting adjusted to the defense, former first round pick. Trey Flowers still getting adjusted to the defense was really good with Seattle makes me a lot more comfortable about what's coming down the pipe specifically with the fact that there is not really a team in the AFC save the chiefs. And I guess maybe the bills that I think has a passing offense. That is the second coming that is better than what the Packers have. So I am very bullish right now on what this Bengals secondary is doing. And they definitely, the defense as a whole appears to have rounded into form from those two 
uh, fluke performances. We can call them flukes now against the Jets and the yeah. Browns. Yeah, they're definitely outliers at this point. I mean, when you when you lose to the Jets, but then you beat the Steelers and the Ravens by a combined, what is it, 57? Yeah, yeah. 59? No. It, it, it is this year, it's 41-41, so that's 82. Um, and then 24 against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. So what's that, 36, 104 to 36 yeah. against the Ravens and Steelers this year? So I mean, it's absolutely crazy. It's, it's very unbelievable. And I want to, because we've had this conversation on the podcast before, now that we've kind of said what we wanted to say about the Steelers game, I want to play this game that we have perpetually played this year. Oh, look ahead. God, I hate this. I hate this game, man. It makes me so anxious. So here's, here's what the win yesterday did for the Bengals. And I want to talk about the context of the AFC as a whole, as well as in, in this discussion. So after yesterday, the Bengals were at 50% roughly to make the playoffs going into yesterday. And they were at like 23% to win the division yesterday. The Bengals are now 65% chance to make the playoffs. According to 538, 29% chance to win the division and a 9% chance to get a first round buy. Can you, okay, all right. I, l- l- hold on, l- let, me, let, me, let me play a hypothetical before we go on. I tell you on September, let's see, what, what day did the uh, NFL season start? Let me look. Uh, the quick. 12th. Yep, September 10th. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Well, the Thursday night game was the. Well, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yep, September. Yep. So um, September 9th, I tell you, Bengals. It's going to be no, late November, and the Bengals are going to be, you know, have a shot at the one seed in the AFC. You would have called me crazy. It. Crazy. Listen, we set, we level set before the season, and I think both of us were kind of of the opinion, <clears throat> if we're playing meaningful football in the month of December, this season is a victory, and absolutely. Anything- that comes on top of that is just extra. I don't want to be the greedy fan uh, because I have learned to take what I can get with the Bengals. And so has everybody else. But now I don't want to say it would feel like a disappointment, but the way they're playing right now, it would be a surprise if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I think it would be a I think it would be a major disappointment if they missed the playoffs just because of the way that just because of these two wins against the uh, against the Ravens and the Steelers, I think it would be a major disappointment if you beat two fringe playoff teams by, you know, 25-30. Yeah, so let, let's I, I want to go through a little bit more scenario. And if you want to do this, listeners, 538.com and the ESPN playoff machine are really cool to kind of mess around with and see what different scenarios look like at this point in the season. If the Bengals win on Sunday, their playoff odds go from 65% to 80%. Their odds to win the division go from 29% to 38%. And their odds of a first round by negligible go up 4%. Long way of saying game on Sunday is ginormous. Yeah. And we, we say this every damn game. 
It's the biggest game of the season. But you and know this, what? I mean, no, but but I know. But this this week really is the biggest game of the year because you, you, you got to think that we have to get to ten wins. I don't care how. I don't care who we beat. It, it is looking like ten it wins is Yes. And I know you're thinking of first round by. I know you're thinking about winning the division. I can't get my mind to think of anything else except us choking and losing these last six games. I, I, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> so here's my points. One, I think that the best thing the Bengals have going for them right now, and I don't think that they are saying this in the locker room, but this is the feeling of the fan base. The Bengals are playing with house money right now. Absolutely. We're year, we're year ahead of schedule. Year ahead of schedule. The Bengals, nobody expected them to be in this um, conversation right now. And the other thing I wanted to say is when you look at the AFC North, it's the Bengals and the Ravens right now because the Browns, watching that game last night makes me feel like the Bengals are the best team in the division because holy crap, both of those teams are terrible. I want you to think about this. The Browns, and I get it. I get it. The Browns always play well against the Bengals now. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a matter of fact. But Lamar Jackson threw four picks, and they still won the game pretty handedly. Pre- I mean, like pretty – I mean, they Never were pretty – like the Browns were going to win. No, never. And, and, and Lamar had four picks. Like, it, it was crazy. And, yeah, so I saw this stat at the end of the game last night. Teams that had thrown four or more interceptions in a game, NFL history, going into last night, were 0-52. Wow. So, and listen, this is where it comes into play and comes to the Bengals' advantage. They leave the state of Ohio once the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a major the browns have to play two saturday games they have to play one of those being at green bay on christmas they have to play at pittsburgh on a monday night they the browns i think are done the steelers they're done Uh, they are the steelers have an even more difficult schedule they got the ravens twice they got the browns on a monday night as i said they got vikings on a short week and they got the titans still they're done the Ravens, I don't think, are good enough to win enough of their games to put the Bengals far enough behind them to where this game on December 26th is not for first place. Because the Ravens still have Rams, Packers, Steelers, yeah. Browns. Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. The Ravens no, I- have four division games left still. Yeah, they have four division games left. I saw that. Last week, um, well, technically before before the Steelers were uh, 500, technically with, with the tie, um, it was no AFC North team is playing a team under 500 or at 500, which is absolutely crazy to think about. So everybody, it's not like the Ravens have an easy schedule. You're right; they played the Rams and and they play the Packers still. So, yeah, nobody in right now. I think the teams that the Bengals fans need to be watching for scoreboards if they win on Sunday, which I think they're going to. If the Bengals win on Sunday, you watch the Ravens 
because it's it's Bengals Ravens for the division on the day after Christmas. Bills, I think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC, and I think they beat the Bills on Monday night. So I think the Bills are going to come into this wild card conversation, and then I think the Colts. I think those are the three teams outside of Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, Patriots. I think I think the AFC playoffs ends up being a mixture of those seven teams. However, yeah, and I think, yeah, and you know all these teams that we're fighting for. Um that we're fighting for wild card spots against potentially if we don't win the division, the chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders, they all play each other at least once in the, in the last six games of the season. And then, I mean, you look at, I mean, I mean, you look at the, uh, the Colts schedule as well. A lot of these teams schedules are hard and, and I, and I get the Bengals schedules hard kind of in it to end the year, but you're right. You said it earlier. They leave the state of Ohio one time. That That's huge. Huge. I think the Bengals' three highest leverage games remaining are Chargers this weekend yep. at Broncos. If they win both of those games – I think, yeah, they're in. If they win both of those games, I, I don't think Ravens is as high leverage as we make it out to be because I think you can lose that game and still have your aspirations – you do have to beat Cleveland in Cleveland. Um, and I think that in that order, th- those are the biggest games. Cause I think the chargers are, are better than the Broncos. Maybe. I mean, I know they just lost to them. But... I think, I think the chargers are, I think the chargers on paper are a really good football team, but I don't, they're, they're just not consistent enough. And I'm kind of scared because Justin Herbert is, it, it, it seems like it's different than Joe Burrow because Justin Herbert's has to, just, I feel like Justin Herbert has to do a lot more for the chargers than Joe Burrow does for the Bengals. I mean, they asked Justin Herbert to throw 40, 45 times every week. And I, it, and I, I'm kind of scared because he always has a, a great week where you're like, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And then he has a week where he's like, Oh my God, he is, he's not there yet. Yeah. So we, so we're falling on a week where he's supposed to be great. So that kind of makes me a little nervous. But um, you know, I, I I do trust this Bengals defense after the after the bye. Yeah, and just looking, so the Colts and they Colts have some difficult games left as well. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, yeah, they they play the Patriots, Cardinals, and the Raiders. So I mean, it's not it's nothing easy. Yeah, and they're six and six. So uh, the Broncos have two games left against the Chiefs a game against the Raiders, game against the Chargers, and a game against the Bengals. Yep. Um, and then the Chargers have – I would say the Chargers probably have the most winnable games left, uh, considering they get the Chiefs at home and Denver at home. But I don't think the Chargers are any good um, because they're so inconsistent. And their defense, for whatever reason, is really bad this year. You would think with the guys on their defense that they'd be a top seven unit in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. But they're, and, they're, I mean, you said it. They're they're last in rush defense. I didn't know that. That is that's crazy to me. Yeah. Last in rush DVOA um, are those are the San Diego Chargers. They're the San Diego Chargers. Um, it's, it's San Diego, yeah. So I guess sort of to sum it all up, one great to have a Bengals team that it feels like is not the public underdog 
that everybody loves on, it still kind of feels like people doubt the Bengals, feels like people aren't sold on the Bengals, which is entirely different from those early teams where it was like, oh my God, we love Andy Dalton. We love all these cool plays they make. Uh, Marvin Lewis, he's the lovable loser, yada, 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 on and on and on. It feels like the Bengals are in this position of, we're going to go out and prove yeah. what we want to prove. And right now they've got this culture in that locker room that is 100% bought in to this vision of making the playoffs. And it's quickly becoming a reality for the Bengals. Yeah. I, I know that you've given a lot of um, criticisms, criticism to Zach Taylor. Yep. Um, I have, and I am glad and to I, eat my crow. And, but I wouldn't bite the crow yet. Um, if I think if the Bengals make the playoffs, Zach Taylor, uh, it's hard because in the NFL, you have to have a quarterback to win. I don't care who you are. Um, you, you, you even saw Bill Belichick last. I think Zach Taylor could be, you know, we were talking about new coaches, blah, 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 in the offseason. I think he could definitely be the Bengals, you know, coach of the future, like solidify it if they make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Zach Taylor has started to gain a lot of favor in my uh, estimation because he has gotten a lot more creative with Mm. stuff that he is doing. I mean, they've responded to defenses um, sitting back and doubling Jamar Chase by saying, all right, we're just going to pound the rock 25 times a game and you're not going to stop it that way. And then if you decide to load the box, then we'll just throw it to Jamar Chase. You want to play zone blitzes. All right, we'll do a six man protection. We'll hit Tyler Boyd for seven yards and we'll just go down the field that way. There are so many ways that they've decided they can beat you that if I'm a defensive coordinator for any of the teams that we just talked about, that could potentially be in the AFC playoff race. I do not want to face the Bengals right now because even if they played in Buffalo, you're telling me that Buffalo in a snowy, windy game is going to run the ball better on the Bengals than the Bengals will on the Bills? I'm not buying that. I don't buy – you know what's funny about that? Everybody was talking about, oh, you know, Josh Allen, Bills are amazing. And and it's kind of the same thing with the Chiefs. It's one thing the Bengals have that these, you know, high-powered offenses don't have in the AFC right now. The Bengals and the Patriots might, and I guess the Colts, the Colts too, are the only teams that have a, like a formidable run game. All yeah. the other teams are all pass, and and, and if and if the pass is locked down, I mean they're screwed. Yeah. So I think that's and 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 what the good part about that is, and um, we talked about um, in our group chat today that the, that the Bengals didn't really want to play the Patriots if they made the playoffs in round one. Don't think they do. Bengals, that's a good matchup, though, for the Bengals. I think it is. I do not. I do not want Bill Belichick designing defenses to go against Zach Taylor, who, yes, I just praised him. I am not ready for this. I'm just talking, you know, from a standpoint of schemes where um, Patriots like to run the ball a lot. A lot of play action. Bengals are pretty good against the run, um, and stopping. You know, they basically have one, you know, one good target. So, or one good person. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I, 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 
why don't we just do a quick top five? Who are our top five teams in the AFC? I can go first since I kind of right. spoke this on you because right. I was just thinking about this. I think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC right now. Okay. I agree. Because they have the best coach. Right now they're playing the best defense. And right now Mac Jones is going to win rookie of the year. Yes. I would put the Chiefs second because while I don't think that they have that they are as good as they were a couple of years ago. I think they're still good enough to beat a lot of these teams in the AFC that are very flawed. I'm putting the Bengals at three okay. because I watched Ryan Tannehill these last couple of games and they're not healthy and their secondary is eh, and their O-line is eh, and if Derrick Henry doesn't come back, so on and so forth. I think the Ravens are four, and then I think the – wait, did I say the Titans are at four? No, no, no. You said you said Ravens four, and you still haven't said the Bills yet. Bills or Titans? I do not think the Bills are in the top five in the AFC right now. I think the Titans are number five. Okay. Um, I have – okay, so I'll, I'll give you mine, and, and, I wanna, and we'll have a little debate here because I know you're not going to agree with this. Um, I have the Patriots at one. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. They're on a six-game winning streak. I think that's pretty self-explanatory right now. I got the Chiefs at two as well. Um, I got Bengals at three. I Baltimore at four. And you're not going to like when I say this. I have Indy at five. Indy's playing really well. Carson Wentz is playing really well. Jonathan Taylor's playing well. Their defense is pretty formidable. I think the Colts are pretty dangerous. And I get it. They lost last week. They're six and six. But they took the Bucks to the – I mean, they took them to the brink. So, I mean, they put up 31 on the Bucks. So, I, I get it. But I think the Colts are playing really good football right now. That's and I wouldn't want to play that. I would not want to play them in the first round. That's a fair point, and neither would I. But I think there is there's a lot more ways that you can beat Indianapolis than there is you can beat Tennessee because Tennessee has a better defense. I agree. And if Tennessee gets A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back – and if Derrick Henry comes back, which I don't know what the language is on that going around right now, they're a vastly superior team because Tampa Bay basically showed yesterday, yes, Indianapolis put up 31, but it was kind of an empty 31 because it was three or four big plays against a bad pass defense. Tampa Bay showed that if you're balanced across your defense, you can shut down the run or manage Jonathan Taylor. And if you make Carson Wentz beat you, yeah, that's a battle you win nine times out of ten. Yeah, and I agree. And, and the one thing for the Bengals, people don't think, you know, they're the third best team in the AFC. Looking at their point differential, even with the 25-point loss against the Browns, it's 25, 41-16, right? Yeah. They're still plus 83, which is third. And the fourth highest team is the Colts with plus 57. I, I mean, they're, they're not only beating teams. I mean, they're, they're whooping them. So, the, you know, that kind of gives me a little confidence. And also, one last thing about, you know, this playoff push, whatever – it's so weird because I just have this pessimistic view that we're not even going to make the playoffs. You know, we're going to lose, you know, five out of the last six. Um, but I just continue, this team just continues to kind of like ease, like kind of, I guess, ease us Bengals fans that it's different now. It's not, it's not, you know, the Bengals of seven years ago when we win the AFC North, but, you know, there's not really a chance to win a playoff game. I think it's different now. 
Yeah, it, I think it's definitely different. Um, I mean, you look right now, the Bengals in the AFC have the one, two, three, four, five, sixth best odds to make the playoffs. And two of those teams are in the same division, Patriots and Bills. Um, this sets up to be a really fun last month of the season, regardless of what happens. I agree. I, I mean, again, we're playing with house money. We're going to that Chiefs game January 2nd. I want, by that point, I want the Bengals to be in a really comfortable position because those last two weeks are going to be really hard. I get the Browns will probably will have fallen off by then, but you know how the Browns have played against the Bengals last couple of years. That is, that's going to no be an uphill battle. Um, last bit of trivia before we get up out of here for the day. When is the last time the Bengals won three games in a row against the Pittsburgh Steelers? You know what's crazy is I've been telling this pe people the stat all week, and I know the exact answer. It was six in a row from 1988 to 1990. <laughs> I've been deep into Bengals Twitter. Um, I saw that like eight times <laughs> this weekend. Sorry for uh, ruining the trivia question, but. <laughs> In other words, it's been a long time and boy, does it feel good. You know why? Because I'm pretty sure the Bengals aren't coming in last this year. Also, and I'm pretty oh. sure we're not even coming in third this year. Also, one more thing. Um, I love how Tyler Boyd, remember he said that, <clears throat> that the, the Steelers quit. In Mike Tomlin's head, Mike Tomlin's calling timeouts down 31 to try to get a garbage time touchdown um, to make it a, a, a 41 to 17 game. And I knew it was because of what Tyler Boyd said, because he said they quit. So, um, you know, it's nice to see, you know, the Bengals kind of playing a little mind games with the Steelers for once. Yep. 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 It's a great day. Yesterday was a great day to be a Bengals fan today, arguably even better because if you know any Steelers fan in your life that has personally injured you for however many years it's been, call XYZ phone number and we will supply you with all the jokes you need to get you through the next seven months until the Bengals and the Steelers meet once again and we beat the hell out of them once again. Bengals 41, Steelers 10, Bengals are 7-4. and four. Bengals are one game out of the division. Bengals are in the playoffs. If the playoffs begin today, Bengals Chargers on Sunday will be back later this week to preview that. Who day? Who day? <laughs>